Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it. <laughs> On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football giants. John Schmelk, Paul Dottino with you. 201-939-4513. Get in the line. Give us a call. Talk some Giants football with us. I'll check your emails at bigbluekickoff at gmail.com as well, or you can hit us up on Twitter. You know where we are at. Mr. Dottino, let's turn the page here. Yeah, Philadelphia Eagles coming up on Christmas Day, 425 kick. Brian Dable just spoke to the media. Not a ton there. As the temperature goes down, the amount of time Brian Dable spends talking outside has gone down as people want to get out of the cold. <laughs> is that a coincidence, John? No, I don't think it is, sir. Um, not really a lot of news there. The only big piece is that um, the significant piece is a couple of smaller pieces we'll get to, too. But um, Dexter Lawrence will not practice today. Still tending to that hamstring injury. It's been two weeks, though, that he's been managed. Yeah, I was about to say that. So you wonder if this is going to be something they manage the rest of the year because he really only played half the snaps the last two weeks. He's usually closer to the 75% range. And two weeks ago, he still played effectively. He was good. Last week, it was one of the quietest games I've seen him have in a couple of years. Yeah, he was uh, not very impactful. And I wonder how much of that is the hamstring, is my point. uh, I think that's very fair. But, you know, if he's able to walk, if you he's, know he's going to be in the And game. if he's out there, yeah, you know, you're going to judge him like you would any other player. Yeah. Now, to, to be frank, I thought that Ashawn Robinson and uh, Nacho uh, made some made some interior defensive line plays against the run. I thought I think Ashawn Robinson you know, has been a really good investment this year. I think against the run all year, he's been very, very good. Better recently, too, as they've given him more snaps. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Absolutely, and I, and I think Nacho's been fine as well. But I think you feel it in the pass rush, right? Well, you do. There's no question. That's where you feel it yeah, the most. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, very few defensive linemen on the interior, especially with the size that uh, Dexter has, are able to get you uh, to close the front of the pocket. That's just that's just a real rare commodity. Well, that's why he got re-signed. <laughs> yeah, and that's why he's at the top of the defensive tackle market, too. Yeah. I mean, he, he earned yeah. that, certainly, defensive player of the year candidate for most of this year. Uh, other small pieces of news from, from Brian Dable's media availability. Uh, Randy Bullock. Uh, I have not heard Brian Dable answer a question about an injury quite like that most of this year. He was asked very quick, you know, very briefly, how's Bullock? 
Not good. <laughs> that was, his, was was it not great or not good? I'm trying to remember the exact. It was either not great or not good is what he said about Bullock's hamstring. So yeah, uh, he's not kicking this week. Uh, that sure sounds like it's probably going to be a few weeks for him, just based on the tenor of his response. Brian Dable didn't say that. I'm doing my Lance Meadow answer <laughs> mood evaluation yes. of, of what of what Brian Dable said. And obviously, kicker hamstring kicking leg that's something you can't come back from too soon no luckily they do have a kicker on the practice squad in Cade York so he'll be elevated and he'll be the guy that's up this week for the Giants yeah and they also activated the practice window for Matthew Pert and for Gary Brightwell today yes so we will see how long it takes for those guys to get in games remember you get the 21 day window the problem is there's only three weeks to go so you know I'm not sure exactly uh what the primary purpose is are they going to try to get them into a game two or three or do they just want to see these guys be able to get back to practicing with the team for camaraderie's sake and and to be together with the rest of the roster uh Dable did not explain what the schedule planned is for those two guys but nonetheless it'll be good to get them back out on the field yeah no question about it and we'll see what kind of role they do have when they return because Tyree Phillips has really done a nice job as the backup tackle stepping in for Evan Neal been okay Evan Neal will practice again this week we'll see how far along he is is trying to get back from that ankle injury I will say this I'm not sure you want his first game back to be in Philadelphia against that Eagles pass rush especially considering um, his history against Hassan Reddick which has not been great so I think maybe hold off a week you don't have a noisy venue at home the following week against the Rams. They right. don't have the same level of edge rushers right. as the Eagles do. So I think, again, if he's ready, he's going to play. You would think Brian Dable did not commit to that last week. But I, I don't think, you know, deep end of the pool, first game back in Philadelphia is, is, is probably the best move to put Evan Neal in a position to succeed. The only caveat to that for me, John, would be that if he's healthy enough to go, uh, and the trainers say they don't think uh, you know he's at, he's at uh, harm's way. He can make all the movements that he needs to make. Mm-hmm. I'd probably throw him into the deep end of the pool. To be frank, really, why? Um, well, a couple of reasons. One, I don't think it's fair to preach all season long that when guys are healthy enough to play, they play. And now, because the team is out of it or kind of out of it mathematically. You decide, oh, we're going to hold the guy back because, A, the game maybe doesn't have as much importance, and, B, because it's a tough opponent. I think that's kind of being a bit wishy-washy. And, I, I, and again, I think if he's ready to play, he will play. I, I just, think you have to. I just don't think it's a great situation well, to put the guy into. I'm not telling you it's going to be fun. <laughs> right. I, didn't, I didn't suggest that. Right. <laughs> and, and it may not go well, but I think, because, I, I think it's somewhat hypocritical that if he is prepared to go and the trainers say he's up and then you don't play him, I think I think there's a there's an inconsistency there. No, I and I and I think that's fair. I don't I don't I don't disagree with that um at all. Now for the Philadelphia Eagles, Paul, I want to make sure we have time to get to the calls here because we'll do our full yeah. preview the next couple of days. Uh, I just want to give fans kind of an overview of what we're looking at the Eagles though, really quick before we get to your calls. I already see people calling in, people are on hold at two oh one nine three nine four five one three. This is the joke I made to O'Hara on the Giants Huddle Podcast yesterday. You know, this is a good time to get the Eagles. They've lost three straight. They're not playing their best football. This is yes. not a good time to get the Eagles. They've <laughs> lost three straight, and they're going to play at home I'm in front so of a very glad you did that in front of a very cranky home crowd. Yes. And they're going to be motivated to win the game. So, I kind of look at this in two different ways. 
I could not agree with you more. Uh, I would not be surprised if not only they fire snowballs at Santa, but they probably also want to mug the Grinch. I also said on the show, if you're planning on going to the game on Christmas Day, I would highly advise you not wearing a Santa outfit. Uh, or any blue, red, or white, for that matter. Yes, that would that, that's called going incognito. Yes, would probably be the yes. better you way want to be go. stealth. Yes, correct. Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I will say this. Though most of the Eagles fans I hear might be actually focused on their own team, knowing Philadelphia Potentially. fans rather than the opponent. <laughs> you know what's really odd for me, John? And, and I haven't done, uh, obviously I've seen the Eagles as you have over the yeah. course of the year because mm-hmm. they've been on TV a lot. Oh, yeah. So we've all seen them. But the truth is, even though I've been rather unimpressed with their back seven on defense, I really didn't realize, statistically speaking, how many bruises they really have. I mean, they've given up 30 touchdown passes, which is the second most in the NFL. Defensively, they are a legitimately not good football team this year. They're... Offensively, the numbers are still are still better than fine. Literally yeah. not as good. Yeah. But def- there's a reason they changed their defensive play caller. It was a freaking mess. Defensively speaking, when you just go by the numbers, but I, by the eye test, I could tell they weren't the same team. Mm-hmm. But when you then I was like, I'm starting to dig in this week, and I'm like, wait a minute. This is a very mediocre defensive football team. Uh, but Mediocre but, is putting it nicely, to be quite honest okay, with you. Mm-hmm. But they still have the threat of that defensive line, which has always been the crux of where they built their unit. Yeah, and I'll put, and I'll, and I'll put it this way. I think this year for the Eagles, it shows you how pass rush and sack numbers, sack numbers specifically, from year to year can vary a lot because of circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's no doubt they still have a really good pass rush in terms of personnel. They lost yes. Devon Hargrave, sure, but they bring in Jalen Carter, and his numbers, you compare him to Hargrave this year, they're almost identical. He's so going to be on the all-rookie team. So, so you really didn't lose much there, right? Josh Sweat's back, he's still really good. Hassan yes, Reddick's he back, he's still really good. Yes, he is. Fletcher Cox is there, Brandon Graham is there, Hassan Reddick is there, they're all still there, yeah. all right? That line is a, it's a tough room, they're John. They're all still there, but here's the problem with it, all right? And their pressure rate, by the way, is almost identical. It's just off by 1%. Mm-hmm. Yet last year, they finished with 70 sacks. 70. Right now, they only have 39 with three games to play. Yet their pressure rate is the same. So then you ask the question, why? Well, I think there's a couple different reasons for it. One, much like the Giants, the Eagles' schedule is tougher this year. You're playing a better brand of team with better quarterbacks. So they're going to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Yep. It's going to be hard. I'd to get agree home, with number that. one. Number two... And I think this goes to your original point talking about their defense, Paul. The pass rush has to work in tandem with the secondary. Mm-hmm. If you're playing a lot of zone, which the Eagles do, and you're allowing a lot of easy completions, which the Eagles do, guess what? The quarterback's going to get the ball out. They don't have to hold it. So that ball's getting out faster. And even though the pass rush is winning and they're getting pressure, the quarterback's not holding the ball to take sacks. Mm-hmm. So to me, and number three, I'll throw this out there too. They have not played with big leads as much as they did last year either. They've played in clo- even the games that they've won, they've played in much closer games. So they haven't had these big leads where other teams have to, you know, open it up, pass every down, and, and then all of a sudden the floodgates open, you, you, you let loose the dogs of war, and you sack like crazy, right? Because the other team's not running the ball anymore. So to me, those are the three things that are the reason why maybe that pass rush doesn't seem as fierce from a statistical standpoint, even though the talent 
to your point, is still there. I'll give you four and five. Sure, go ahead. Uh, yeah, the back seven, especially the secondary, is older. Those two corners, sure. Slay and Bradbury have some wear on their tires. And I think I know where you're going for the second one now, too. And Slay did not play last week, by the well, way. We'll, we'll see what his injury status is And this that's week. the thing. They've also had injuries in the back mm-hmm. seven as well. And so they're not getting the consistent, high-performance play out of that back seven anymore. Right. And, and I agree. I'm, and I'm going I'm to be perfectly honest with you, John. Again, we've seen a lot of the Eagles here in the New York market on television this year. I mean, I'm shaking my head sometimes at Slay and Bradbury. I'm like, okay, they are just not the same players they used to be. They're just not. Yeah, and I do wonder, too, you know, they changed defensive coordinators, and I think that's another part of this, too. And by the way, in the offseason, lost both their starting inside linebackers and both their starting safeties. Yeah. And the middle of the defense has been a huge problem for them, and I think that's a big reason why. Shockingly, you have less talented players. You're not going to play as well in those spots, so I think that's part of it. And then I think even with the offense, which is taking a step back in the last couple of weeks, I think this is what happens when you get the brain drain, the talent drain, right? When other teams come poach your staff and they take your defensive coordinator and they take Shane Steichen away from you, who has proven in Indianapolis to be one of the best offense. The fact that he's getting what he's getting out of that Colts yeah. offense with what's going on up there, I think it shows you how good of an offensive coach he is. Mm-hmm. And then showing the impact that it's had on the Eagles offense losing him, even though some of the peripheral numbers are still actually pretty good. I think that's another part of the equation, too, why the Eagles aren't the same as last year, because they lost their two coordinators. And look, it's easy to say, all right, just bring the next guy up, and that's fine. It doesn't work that way. You know, some of these guys are very unique talents, and what they bring is very hard to replace. You know, last year, when we looked at the NFC and we figured that San Francisco and Philly were the two best teams in the conference, and then the Niners got hurt at the end, and then the playoffs without the quarterback situation squared away. Yep. They got whipped in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, and that was the end of it. Which, which, which is a game you can't even really take seriously. You can't. Which, you is, can't. which is, by the way, why the 49ers are so pissy, for lack of a better term, oh, and heading into that regular season game this year. But he's like, yo, like the Eagles talked a little, I think they probably talked a little trash. You know what they game. say about payback, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yes, correct. exactly. Yes. So the Eagles <laughs> believe that that was their year and they didn't get it for various reasons, circumstances, of course. So now this year is their year and they're going to buckle down double time to make sure they get their title this year. It's hard at the moment to think that anyone's going to stop the Niner freight train to the Super Bowl. Uh, they almost like they have to stop themselves somehow. Right. Because the way they're, I mean, they are by far the best team in the NFC. I don't to think me, there's I any doubt. I don't see how you could say okay. otherwise given how it's gone. So. So, to Brian Dable's point, well, when he was asked about their three-game losing streak in Philly, he goes, well, they're still 10-4. They're a pretty good football team. And they are. But, right. but. And they've, this, lost, and they've lost a, a couple very good teams in San Francisco yes, and Dallas. And but, Seattle could be a playoff team, too. So This is another one of those examples, though, about when I disagree with Parcells about you are what your record says you are. This is not the 10 and 4 Philadelphia Eagles of this level of last year. No, it is not. When they were that, that good. I agree with that. They're 10 and 4, but they're not the same team, John. They're well, they're, they're totally much agree. less. I totally agree. This is not the same team. And and so, Bill, I love you, man. You know, I I get it. Happy happy holidays, Merry Christmas, but again, I'm going to disagree. That is one thing that you put out there. People still live by it. I don't agree with it. I will never agree with it. This is a prime example of you are not what your record says you are. Of course, are. we said this that. This is a, a different Eagles team. Of course, we said that about the Packers two weeks ago, and then they turned out to be more like what their actual record was. Hopefully the opposite doesn't happen with the Eagles this week where they play to that 10-4 record. So I, I, I will say this, though. Um, earlier in the year, 
and I can't remember exactly when you, John, uh, you, uh, Lance, Casillas, myself, we all had conversation right over the course of uh, maybe it was the late spring or maybe it was in the middle of the summer where we talked about, wow, this Eagles roster looks like it's going to be built to contend for another couple of years. They're adding young talent. They've still got some good old veterans on the team. Well, we didn't. You never can predict the injuries. Yep. And you never can predict how quickly a team will slide with age. And by the way, also... And these and, two things have happened. And I think, to your point, Jalen Hurts doesn't look right either. I think he's probably no. a little banged up well, in the lower body, too. 14 interceptions this year. He's in the top five throwing most interceptions. I think he's third in the league yep. and throwing tied for third most interceptions. And look, as we saw with Dak Prescott, interceptions can you yes, know, they vary can. from year to year a lot. That's just the way it goes. The one thing that none of us could calculate and I know Lance was really big on this, more than we were even, but you mentioned as well, what was the change in the coordinators going to do to this team? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it was mentioned many times. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I we didn't, didn't know. I didn't think. I, was, I wasn't in love with the Eagles defensive coordination last year, so I didn't think that was as big of a deal. But I thought losing Steichen was a huge deal, and I think both have turned out to be pretty big deals. Turned out. Yeah. Turned out to yep. be a much mm-hmm. bigger impact uh, in addition to the other things we've mentioned then maybe a lot of people might have expected. I mean, we, we kind of thought it could be a questionable area. We just didn't know that it would be such a negative. And it's turned out to be that way. So my question for you, John, as, as the Giants go into this game, we know the Giants have nothing to lose, obviously. I mean, I know mathematically they're hanging by a thread. I get that. But, but they're going down to play a team that has owned them for several years now in a very nasty environment, knowing the Eagles are going to be fired up as all hell. Um, do the Giants go in and just say, you know what? We're just going to be as ultra-aggressive on both sides of the ball as we possibly can. Just just, just throw mud against the wall and say, let's just play with total reckless abandon and see what happens. Do you do that? Not if you don't think that gives you the best chance to win the game. It might, though. When you say throw caught, you, I mean, when... Maybe I'm interpreting this the wrong way. When you say that, I think, all right, we're just going to chuck the ball down the field all game. No, not and, chuck it down the field all game, but I'm talking about take and, take many more deep shots than they've been willing to take in recent weeks. Sure. Take some shots. As, as long as you can mitigate their pass pressure. Well, that, that's that the thing. that becomes a problem. Uh, there's no doubt. And then Tommy DeVito starts getting killed. You throw interceptions. Yes. You fumble the ball. And then yes. all of a sudden you're down 30 nothing. And Totally another, understand. Another replay of what every game in Philly has seemed to be over the last 10 years. Totally understand. The question becomes, though, if you go with the standard conventional, got to run it, got to be balanced approach. Quite frankly, I don't know that the Giants have enough weapons and bullets in their in their gun right now. I don't think to match up with this team, especially I, given the circumstances. I don't think Brian Dable changes what his preparation, approach, and general method of trying to win the game changes based on what the Giants' standings are in terms of playoff picture or things like that. I don't. Oh, think, I don't think playoff picture matters to him. I agree with you. I don't think that influences his decision. I'm just talking about you going up against a team that is still ten and four mm-hmm. that we know. They're, they're going to be – look, after losing three in a row, if they're not angry as all hell, something's wrong. Oh, and they're going to be. Especially I mean, in their building. And Jalen Hurts challenged the team after the game. He said he didn't think enough guys were committed enough yeah. to winning. So, so so their mentality is going to be drop a 30 spot on the Giants, suffocate them, and basically batter them into submission 
as early as possible and then roll the rest of the game out there. That's what their mentality is going to be. That's how they're going to approach this game. So how how do the Giants approach it? Do they approach it with we're gonna we're gonna try to get into a slugfest early and try to take some of that sting out of them, mm-hmm. or do you try to play your methodical, traditional, logical, trying to be balanced, trying to be with the run game, trying to make sure you you play your angles correctly so that Hurts doesn't run out of the pocket? You know the kind of stuff I'm talking about. I think they play their normal game. You do. I do. Okay, and they might. They might. I don't know the answer. I'm I'm curious. Uh, to be frank with you, I haven't decided which way I would play it if I were Brian. I think there there is there is a flip side to that coin about let's just go out there and just go nuts. It could be fun, but it could also be incredibly painful. But at the same time, we know how these games have turned out in Philadelphia for the last how many years? 201-939-4513. 201-939-4513. John Schmelk, Paul Dottino with you right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live, presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football giants. All right. Go subscribe to the John Settle Podcast, folks. we got some good episodes up there right now. My conversation with Sean O'Hara from Tuesday is the latest episode. Uh, we have a good conversation about the Saints game. We look ahead to Philadelphia, talk a lot about the offensive line, so go check that out. It's on the Giants app, or just go to your favorite podcast platform and search for Giants Settle Podcast. And find our other podcasts as well, like Draft Season. I know the draft's coming fast now, guys. We have declarations for the Senior Bowl. We're getting our credentials all squared away. So make sure you go check out Draft Season and the Giants Hangout. Are there a podcast as well? Again, just search for them on your favorite podcast platform. And if you're an Apple podcast, please leave a five-star positive review for our podcast. If you like what you hear, it would really help Solomon Wilcots is up there, too. Oh, and Solomon Wilcots, which I nice. recorded this morning. He's a good dude. He's awesome. And we, Solomon yeah. and I did about 10 minutes on the Giants. We did about 10 minutes on the Eagles matchup. And then we did around 15 minutes going around the league. So that was a good spot this morning that we recorded. Pearson, good job getting that up so quickly. Um, so make sure you go check that out again on the Giants Huddle Podcast. All right, let's go to the phones right here on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hugo is down in Philly, and I'm sure or Hugo's in New Jersey. He wants to talk about Philly. I apologize. Hugo, what's going on? Well, well I did want to make one, one comment about uh, Sunday's game. I, I think Sunday's game ranks right up there with the uh, uh, Raider game as uh, sort of my two most disappointing disappointing outings of the year and uh, for two reasons. One, uh, because they're sort of middle-of-the-pack teams, and two, because we were physically dominated. And as you guys know, what I perceive to be this team's lack of physicality has really been one of the most maddening things for me um, all year long. So uh, just 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 a brief comment on the game. Uh, yeah, moving on to Philly. Philly is what I thought they would be. You may remember the conversation we had back in the summer, and I, and I mentioned a few elements of what I expected from Philly. I noted uh, the loss of talent at the linebacker and safety spot. By the way, you guys were a little bit dismissed of that. Uh, or, I'm not, I don't remember who, but someone was. But I think I was the first to tell you that I thought their corners were already in decline. And as it turns out, um, you know, James Brad, Brad, Bradbury is either uh, committing penalties or getting burned down the field on a pretty consistent basis. Yeah, but again, Hugo, I'll, I'll point this out again. Last year, there were plenty of times where he got burnt too, but the pass rush got home and teams weren't able to take advantage of it. So on the uh, tape last year, and, and we talked about it in the games late last year, and it's just, again, I think part of that has to do with the way the defense has been coordinated too. 
Okay, uh, fair enough. Now, the other thing I, I mentioned is that they're, they're an aging team, and uh, the only um, uh, service, I guess, the schedule makers uh, did for the Giants this year is schedule them late in the year because my thesis was that they would be in decline and more prone to injury later in the season. And what are you hearing out of Philly these days? Oh, it's a, tie, it's a tired team. It's a tired team. And, you know, they do have a few injuries uh, on the back end. And I think the, the other element I mentioned is if everything isn't perfect, I don't think Jalen Hurts is a really good quarterback. And what's missing from their offense this year is that dominant run game. Yes, that I agree and, with you, Hugo. And, I think that's the thing the offensively for them. And, and I didn't want to get onto the offense because I thought we'd take too much time in the open before I got to the calls. You know, last year they were able to just line up and pound it 30 to 35 times a game, rush for 175 yards, and Hurts wouldn't have to do much. That has not been the case this year. Their run game is, whether again, whether that's that Shane Steichen's off, uh, absence, whether it's the offensive line not having Isaac Sayamalu or getting a little bit older or the change in running backs, whatever it is, uh, the running game has not been as dominant as it was last year. I totally agree with you. I, I would only oh. say this. Swift, Swift has done a nice job. It's not the same running game, I, yeah. but he's done a solid job. They didn't lose a ton there. I agree. I don't I don't put it at the feet of DeAndre Swift. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Okay. You know, so, I, that would so. be one of the lesser reasons for me, but I do agree that it would be, it would be a reason. I mean, I, I was very much thrilled when Miles Sanders left there because I was like, okay. okay, what are they going to do now? Running back by committee? And then they pick up Swift, you know, who had been one of the committee guys in Detroit, and they decided to make him the feature guy here. Instead of going running back by committee, he's not Miles Sanders. I but mean, he's pretty good. Kenny Gainwell's still well, getting some carries for them, though. Too. Some, like but well, Swift is still the lead guy. He, he, here, and, and that that dovetails into kind of strategies for this game. Yeah, my expectation is that based on their success last year against the Giants, and the fact that they don't want to commit turnovers because Hertz has been a, a, a turnover machine. So one way to ensure the victory in this game is they're going to try to go back to their old script and try to run it on the Giants. That's what so, I would do. I mean, oh, there, <laughs> that's what I would do. There, there's a better right? way. No, there's a better way. Just give it to Boston Scott 50 times. Well, <laughs> he destroys this team. Well, well. so here, here's the so, so So the challenge for Wink is, I don't want to see any of those two down linemen lines. Do whatever is necessary to try to stop the run game and then force Hurts to read the defense, and fit the ball in tight windows. Yeah, but Hugh, here's the problem. If you're dedicating a lot of resources to stopping the run, it's not going to be tight windows. Because Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown are going to be open because you can't cover them one-on-one. They run too good of routes. I I would just go very heavy up front. That's what I would do. I I, I wouldn't stack the box with my... Anyhow, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Okay, okay, so, okay. So, Hugo, uh, I, what you're saying is play your heavy defensive linemen, but don't, yes. but but don't bring an extra safety up. A- exactly. Okay, I got All you. Right. That makes sense. I got All you. Right. I got you. I would. I wouldn't have okay. a problem trying that. In fact, maybe Jordan Riley gets a little bit more heat this week. Exactly. Exactly. You know, uh, I wouldn't mind seeing a five man front with four defensive linemen, Kayvon, and then Aziz Ojolari as a situational pass rusher. In certain situations, yep. the 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 other the other thing I would say is on offense. Um, I think this is a Saquon Barkley in the passing game, a Wanda Robinson game, and a Darren Waller game to exploit their safeties 
and linebackers. I agree. And mixing and mixing some rushing to the edges where I think they're vulnerable. Plus, with the lack of uh, linebacker foot speed, you can get to the edges, and then every once in a while, try to match up. Jalen Hyatt on James Bradbury, you're going to get a penalty or you're going to get an explosive. That's yeah, the strategy. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that. I don't have a problem with that at all. Okay. Well, there's okay. the path to victory. You <laughs> can tell the coaches. <laughs> Thank you, Hugo. Good stuff, man. Happy holidays. Appreciate the calls. In the always. past, Bradbury's done a little more work on uh, Hodgins because of their size. Yeah, well, so I don't know how they're going to play at this I week. mean, that is, that. remember, Hodgins and Hyatt, they play the same position in this offense, so. I don't know if he's going to be over there. And, again, it depends if Slay's going to play, too, obviously. Keely Ringo played pretty well last week as a rookie, getting there, getting some major snaps. Another big thing that's different between Philly this year and last year, Paul, last year Philly was one of the best teams in terms of taking the ball away. They were plus eight. This year they're minus six. Yep. So that is a 14 turnover difference. Do you want to know what will turn games around? No pun intended. Yeah. (laughs) That. Yes, it will. That's a 14 turnover. Plus minus difference in terms of takeaways turnover ratio for them. So that is also, I think, a pretty big deal. All right, back to the phones. Let's go to Scott, New Mexico. Scott. Hi, guys. How are you doing today? Hi. Um, I have to disagree with you, Paul, but I'll put an asterisk next to it. Uh, I do believe in the Bill Parcells. You are what you what your record indicates you are. But the asterisk is that it really doesn't matter because when it comes to the end, which is the Super Bowl, uh, it's the best team at that time playing the best football that wins. In 2007, the Giants weren't the best team in football, but what happened? They win the Super Bowl against a team that supposedly was unbeatable. And it happens all the time. And I hope you guys weren't insinuating that either Philadelphia or Dallas or San Francisco were bad football teams because they've lost. I think San Francisco lost to Arizona, if I recall. Who said that? Scott. I, well, I just want to make sure. <laughs> Philadelphia is a good football team. So, so is Dallas, even though I got demolished. Of course they are, yeah. Right. Every, everyone loses games sometimes. That's the way it goes. Right. They have some warts, though, is, is the point. Yeah. They have some warts, and, they, and they're not the San Francisco 49ers who have the fewest warts of anyone in the Right conference. now have darn near no warts to the 49ers. <laughs> they, they're really playing great football. Well, yeah. they, they did lose to Minnesota, I think, also. I believe San well, did. Yeah, that, that, that was also when three of their best players were out hurt. Yeah. So. Right. But let's well, not forget. Uh, they're, 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 I got it. The, the Dolphins are the only team to run the table. Let's not forget that, okay? All hail right. to Greasy, Zonka, and the rest of them. Right. My question, though, or my main question is this, and it goes to your uh, point, John, that you make all the time, production per dollar. Uh, I look at this team, and I was wondering, as you go into next year uh, and you're trying to put a team together, because you're not going to have, obviously, the same team that you have now. Yep. Who are the players that you think, and this is a question for both of you, that really have earned that production per dollar? Because I can't think of more than six on the entire roster that I would say, hey, they've played the whole season. I'm discounting Daniel Jones only because he hasn't played. Are you including guys on rookie contracts or, or just guys that... Yeah, rookie contracts as well. And in other words, if you had to pick out your production, who's earned it? And, and how do you take that and formalize it for next year and say, here's my core players? That's a good question. And how do I... Because we know there are needs on both sides. The, 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 I, again, I reiterate the point I always make. You have to stop the run, and you have to run the football. The Giants have done neither. And so from my perspective, that's a big thing uh, going into next year. But 
That being said, who are your players that you have to have as your core? I'm going to assume it's Dexter Lawrence. Who are my production per dollar all-stars? That's basically what your question is. Right, um, exactly. I mean, Saquon, I think, has, has played up to what his, his contract is. I think he's obviously met the threshold of, of what he's getting paid and, and what he's given the team. Uh, Jalen Hyatt for rookie contract has been fine. Um, Darius Slate. Jalen, uh, can I stop you for a second? Yeah, sure. Can, has Jalen Hyatt earned what I would call uh, giving you the production per dollar that you like to talk about? I mean, he's basically making no. Enough I mean, he's. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he's basically making no money. He's a third. third he's round. a third round pick. So yes, right. but only because the salary is very small. I mean, okay. I'm just like looking at this, and in two seconds, I got at least double what you have. Your number is okay. way, way too low. Uh, Andrew Thomas but for sure. Andrew Thomas, yes. I agree. Uh, John Michael Schmitz for Absolutely. again rookie, and, and 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 that's why I asked you about rookie contracts because almost. Everyone that plays on a rookie contract yeah. is going to meet a production per dollar threshold. Um, so that that makes That's it a little easy. bit unfair. Uh, Xavier McKinney would be on that list. Micah McFadden's on that list, obviously. Kayvon Thibodeau's on that list. Slate, Dexter Lawrence Slate is on that list. took a pay look. cut, and, and for what he's done? Well, no, remember, he, he he's, he's on a new two-year deal this offseason. Last year was the pay cut. This year he signed a two-year deal. I forgot. Right? Didn't I he? Forgot. Am I wrong about that? I don't remember that. I believe that's I correct. Could be. But But the way it's structured... The first year of that deal's not very big. So I think he's been fine. I have no problem with I, him in the receiver. Oh, no, no, I, I, no, I don't either. But that was that was last year. Remember, he took the trim to right. squeeze on the roster. Right. And, and I, that was on a one-year deal. And yeah, then he signed a new two-year deal this but year. But I didn't think it was for a whole lot of money. No, it's not. It's not for a whole lot of money. So that's why I, I have no problem with, with okay. Slayton being on the list. Okay. That's fine. Um, Bobby Okereke. Oh, obviously, well, Bobby Okereke for no sure. Question. Absolutely. I, you know. um, thank you. Uh, Ashawn Robinson, to Micah me. McFadden. Yep, Ashawn Robinson has met that Obviously threshold. Obviously, um, I think Nacho's been fine for for what they've I mean, asked him to do. We're, and we're what already well him. over a dozen. Thank you, I'm, Scott. Appreciate the call. We're well so, over a dozen. Pinnock, I mean, you know, Pinnock's not making any money. He's been fine for what they're yeah. paying him. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Now, does that mean all those players are cornerstone players? No, that's not what that means. There, there are two separate questions. You know, Correct. a cornerstone player is different than a guy that's playing up to what his contract value is. Right. Those are two separate questions. So I'll, I'll kind of leave it there. And we can do more team building stuff, Scott, uh, as we get closer There's to the There's a lot of months season. to do Absolutely. that. 100%. <laughs> All right. So I'm reading this correctly, uh, Pearson. This is Coach in Marvin, and he wants to talk about Delaware. Is that correct? I'm just kidding. <laughs> it is Coach Marvin in Delaware. Coach, what's going on, pal? <laughs> hey, happy holidays, guys. Hey, you too, Coach. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing all right. Uh, I was just listening to you guys talking um, about a couple of things here, talking about how to approach this game. Yeah, and and it's it's there's a little bit of both of what you and um, Paul are saying. Going into a game like this, my my record is who I am, and and I'm going to go into the game and I'm gonna, I'm going to play relaxed. And Paul was saying, maybe do you go out and do some things that you haven't done? Um, I have those plays in my pocket. Plays that I'm going to open up the book a little bit, some plays we haven't called, and just take a shot. I'm not going to go crazy all through the game. I'm still going to play a competitive game, but I'm going to have some shots that I'm going to throw at them that no one has really seen us run. A formation no one has really seen us run. Well, I'll buy that. That's uh, fine, Coach. I'm with you on that. And, and one of the things I do want to come out, going back to what you said, John, that they give you time. So I, I'm also not going to do anything crazy that I'm going to put my players in jeopardy of getting hurt on something crazy I'm trying mm-hmm. to do. I still got to think safety as I'm uh, 
coaching against a team that we're playing that'll be like the Eagles, who who are pissed off and going to come out aggressive. So I, I know they're going to try to take their pain out on us. Come, yes. Um, yes. Yes. Monday. Yes. Yes. This is and, something and they've and done so many have, times. And, and coach, and, and just right. in, in terms of talking about the the pressure thing, I just think. Andrew Thomas will be fine. And, and look, Josh Sweat might get him a couple times because Josh Sweat's awesome. He's a great player. But you worry about what's going on at right tackle because Tyree Phillips is yeah. not the most athletic guy out there. And Hassan Reddick is one of the most athletic pass rushers you can have off the edge. And then, look, we yeah. saw what power rushers did to the Giants' interior last week against the Saints. We sure did. And the Eagles between Fletcher Cox. I didn't even mention Jordan Davis, by the way. He's more of a run yeah, stuffer did. than a pass rusher. You mentioned him before. Oh, I didn't think I did. You did. You did. <laughs> I thought I left them out of the pass rush discussion. And then you have Jalen Carter. Um, you know, those are three very powerful men that the Giants' interior rushers. Now, they don't run as many stunts yeah. and twists as the Saints, the Saints no. do, so that'll be a little bit easier. But the Giants will have to do better in their one-on-one matchups this week for sure. You know, Coach, this yeah. is one of those times where you've heard me many, many times over the years talk about how, you know, the styles of offensive lines and those matchups become very significant. John Michael Schmitz is a bit of an undersized center. Yeah, he is. Justin Pugh is a very undersized guard. Yes, he is. So when you get larger, more physical, more powerful interior defensive linemen on the other side of the ball, it's going to cause a matchup problem. That's just the nature of the beast. That That's one yeah. of the reasons why when we talked last year when the Giants were going into the playoffs and we were like, there were a lot of reasons why we liked the matchup against the Vikings. But one of the reasons that we liked was along that, that front on the line of scrimmage. I never thought that the Vikings' defensive line could match up and dominate the Giants' offensive line. And throw the other side, Dexter Lawrence against their underside center and Bradbury. Exactly. It was the opposite effect. On the, on right. the flip. Mm-hmm. The Giants were going to win both sides of the line, which is which was the foundation of why I felt so confident in that playoff game. Right. And, and I think that goes back to what John saying over the years that I've been listening. Matchup. We we that that Viking team we matched up well. It's always styles make fights, Coach. Always, yes, they do. You know that. Yeah, and and, yeah. and, and it's Coach. The as you well know, I'm not telling anything you don't know. The NFL is a week to week league. That's why it's yeah. really stupid to yeah. overreact to any one win or loss. Like two weeks ago, Dallas beats Philly. Everyone's saying that. Oh, Dak MVP put him in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Then they go to Buffalo and bad weather lose to the Bills. Oh, yes. The, oh. The Lions are better than Dallas. Even though the Lions had lost three straight before <laughs> they won last week. People flip back and forth week to week in the league. It's it's ridiculous. You have to look at the body of work because anything can happen with a bad matchup. Anyway, that's me on my soapbox. Coach, go ahead. It's okay. No, you're exactly right. And that was also part of the Bill Parcell said you are who you are, what your record said. Because it's a week-by-week league. That's where I was going to go, John, with about the week by um uh, the record are who you are because at the, as you're going through the season, you still each week is is it's like you got 17 games, but really you got 17 one games. Yeah, hundred percent. You you 17 coach. seasons. You you're hundred percent right. You do, but yes. but I think and, and, I th- go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. So at the end of the season, I look at the record. I'm sorry, Paul, but at the end of the season, my record is who I was. I can't change it. I can't be like, well, we should have won this game, but then there's two other ones I shouldn't have won. So it, it, I understand what he's trying to, what he was really trying to say, and it is, it's, 
based on interpretation, people can take it the way they want. I'm not going to say I'm right, but the way I look at it, when that season ended, if my record is six and ten, that's who I was. Uh, I was six and ten. Can I? Can and, I? And that's. Uh, can I alter the Bill Parcells phrase a little bit? To, sure. Why not? To fit my philosophy? Okay. Yeah. Your point differential is who what you say you are. <laughs> okay. Because that, 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 is, that is a much more telling indicator of your overall quality of your team than your actual record, in my opinion. That's an yeah. interesting it's thought, it, John. Yeah. I, never, I never really considered that. But I guess what I would say to you, Coach Marvin, just to counter and why I'm sorry to disagree with Coach Parcells is that you can look at a group of five, ten-win teams and you could tell there is a difference in the quality of those five, ten-win teams. And, like, for example, Coach, and and this is why I said what I said, and we talked about how the Eagles have some of these blemishes, but they're still a good team at ten and four. I didn't even look at this before right now. Do you know what the Eagles – I will let both – Coach, I'll let you and Paul both guess. What do you think the Eagles' point differential is this year? Plus this 40? year, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say plus and, twenty-one. And, and 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 I will give you an idea. Dallas is plus one sixty-seven. Just to give you an idea, the Niners are plus one ninety. The Ravens are plus one sixty. The Dolphins are plus one forty-seven. Yeah, I, I just said plus forty. So but you I say think plus, it's a lot. It's a lot less than those other teams. Coach, what do you and, and right. hey, coach? Hey, coach, what do you plus twenty? You said uh, twenty-one. I They're said plus 21. eighteen. It's that low. At yeah. 10 and 4. Close. Just to give you an example, the Vikings are plus 21, okay? Uh-huh. The Saints are plus 42, and the Rams are plus 17. Well, wow. one but, of the things... We, oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Coach. Go finish ahead. up, Coach. Oh, no, finish quick, up, Coach. But what you said, or what you guys were saying earlier, you and Paul were saying, they're not the same team they were They're not. They've got not. two different coordinators, so they're two different voices. They're not running the ball the way they... They usually run, and I talked to Yasin Carmichael uh, quite a bit. He's an Eagles fan, obviously, his uncle played. And he always, he, he would talk to me when they were like 10 and 1 about what's going on. And the first thing I said, Wizard of Oz. And when I say Wizard of Oz, I think of the Wicked Witch telling the Scarecrow, do you want to play with fire? And I told them they were playing with fire all year long. And eventually, yeah, they oh, you're right. they're going to get burned because they're not running the ball that's what's wrong with them they're not running as they did last year and and, and i don't know if it's that they can't i think the play calling is they calling for more passes than they normally do. their run rate is actually still pretty high coach marvin it is like top 10 in the league but their running effectiveness has not been nearly what it was coach would right. it surprise you to know and it did when i first looked at the number earlier in the week that the Philadelphia Eagles defensively have given up three more points than the Giants have this season. How about that? That surprised me. That yeah. that that number surprised me. I did not know that. I did not know that. Okay, but so I mean, I, mean, I, yeah. I, I get it. That defensive Thank you, front coach. is still run. pretty fierce. Happy holidays, but, Merry Christmas, Coach. Appreciate it. Yes, for sure. Uh, but overall, I mean. <laughs> This is why we could talk about how stats can be made to tell any story that you want to tell. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's a 10-4 and four team with a difficult defensive front to deal with, and yet they've given up three more points than the Giants have this season. A, a Giants team that has had some really nice defensive games against weaker teams and then been hammered by the better teams. Yeah, and look, that's why we also, you know, we talk about the NFL being a week-to-week league. That's why... 
one year success does not necessarily mean the next year's success, even if a lot of things don't change. Uh, for the Eagles, a lot of things did change. So at least there are yeah. reasons to explain this. But for teams where things don't change, you know, sometimes things just change year to year. It's different groups of guys, and, and things just go differently. We just saw on NFL Network, they flashed that uh, Landon Dickerson, their starting left, left guard, is having thumb surgery, but he's not going to injured reserve. I don't know if they're considering that he could possibly play. I don't know. He got, he got rolled up on in that game last week, actually. I was afraid he had an ankle or a knee injury, given what he went through in his last year uh, for Alabama. But thumb, I guess. Okay, sure, thumb. <laughs> well, you know, left guard, interior of the offensive line. Dexter Lawrence, just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> 201-939-4513. check out Giants TV, the Giants' official streaming app. Giants TV brings original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to big blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, and the Giants mobile app. 201-939-4513. Let's go to Cliff in New York. Cliff, what's up? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Yes. Uh, I wanted to talk about the the offensive line, but first I would just say that the, the talk about the Parcells quote, I think... You know, it needs to be in the context of building what he was, how how it related to building a winning attitude and building a winning culture. I think was the point, and and I don't have no idea what the what prompted the original comment. You know, and if it was only maybe only once, and it reminds me of Lombardi supposedly said winning is everything, and that's not what he said. It's it's right. th- those kind of things. Those kind of things are are out of context. Oh, anyway. I, I was there when Bill said it, and and he of mo- course you were. I was, and, <laughs> and and he said it multiple times. And basically, what it came down to was you had a bunch of writers around the table who were talking about a particular opponent, and they they were thinking that the opponent was going to be soft, okay? Right. And and oh well, they're not as good as their their record, you know, is and blah blah. And Bill would just go. You are what your record says you are. Now, now, did he ever go the other way on that? Probably to be, not. To be honest, I never heard him say it in the other direction. Yeah, of course he didn't, because he was, he's trying to make sure his team takes. Remember, every Bill. All, Bill was all one. Bill was a psychological exactly. That's genius. Exactly what it is. Okay. All right. But nonetheless, <laughs> I still disagree with him. <laughs> well, I just remember Carl Banks saying once when they uh, they asked him about something that Parcell said, and Carl said that the coach is coaching. Exactly. You know, right. Great you're right. line. Cliff, great point. That's another great line. I love that. The coach is yeah. coaching. That, that's Banksy yeah. for you. That's what he's always doing, you know. Yep. So, so, so anyway, I, I saw the huddle with um, Sean on Monday and, and, uh, and the two shows this week before this one here. And uh, I'm thinking that the improved offensive line, uh, the answers might already be here more than we might normally think just because the performance has – Total total performance hasn't been you know what we're hoping for. Um, I'm thinking about D- Dable and Shane coming over from Buffalo. They brought uh, Bobby Johnson with them, right? Yeah, yeah. And and obviously the success that they had in in, in building up that team there had some probably had something to do with with uh, the offensive line getting a lot better. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I mean I and. Um, and I know that when at one of Shane's first press conferences, when they were pressing him to to give a, you know, uh, uh, some kind of a, an impression about the, the players that he was inheriting from from Gettleman, and um, I think um, I think uh, Dexter Lawrence, he was asked by name, and he said, "Oh, very good player." But I think he volunteered, if I remember right, he volunteered Matt Paird, 
And, and that, that really struck me. I said, oh, I think Matt Parrott was on their draft board in Buffalo. And if they had such a good track record up there, I'm going to hang on to that for a while until this, 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 this tackle uh, has a chance to, to get out there healthy and, and see if they Yeah, but that, Cliff, that Cliff, 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 hold on, hold on. They, they, they drafted Evan Neal here in the top ten. Matt Parrott's not playing right. over Evan Neal, and Matt Parrott's not a guard. So you can, you can take and he's a free agent after the year. So I think you can roll that up and toss that away. All right. All right, but, uh, but not Matt Pear. Your idea is my point. If, I like if Matt. You, okay. If you want, if you want to discuss the possibility of guys who are lurking in the shadows here, you have to talk yes. about Azudu and McKeithen, who have yes, been injury, who have been at. injury plagued. Now, John has yes. very succinctly said to me, "You can't keep talking about hope with young injured players," and I absolutely no. understand that my, because my I, point is that you can't count on them. You know, right? You and can't that's just fair. say, "All right, well, but, next year, Azudo and McKeith are my two starting guards." I, I can't say that. I can't. I, and and no. that would be awesome if they can do it. Sure, but we right. don't know. Right? Mm-hmm. We just don't know. Well, but whoever whoever comes in, whoever comes in uh, from the draft or free agency on the especially in the interior, uh, is going to have to compete with the guys that are already here if they're healthy, who know the system and 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 know what the coaches are looking for, and they're going to have to beat them out. And I thought that that one of the very first things Shane did was hire Feliciano to be the center, because that was mostly because they didn't know if Nick Gates was going to be mm-hmm. healthy, I think. And, and they brought in um, uh, Glowinski. And, and Glowinski was, was pricey, and that, that was all part of the amazing thing that Shane did with no money and, uh, and no cap and, um, and, the, uh, the, and probably Kevin Abrams not getting as much credit as he deserved. But anyway, um, uh, the, they brought in those two guys, and, and then when they drafted McKeithen and Izudu, it was like, okay, these are the veterans that they want these young guys to, to beat out. So uh, I don't know that, that uh, I can't hope that they're going to do it, but, but they're still here. And maybe the most encouraging thing was what I heard about Schmitz um, and the way the, 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 the game went down on Sunday, which, by the way, that was the first time all year I was angry. You know, I, I mean, I just uh, was really disappointed. Um, but, uh, but when I heard the explanations, it, it, was, it was a lot easier to, uh, easier to take. Uh, it, it seemed like uh, what what happened in the middle was something that was totally correctable as far as Schmitz was concerned, and and well, he um, had a bad day, and and he's going to be probably on the all rookie team. Schmitz has had a good season; he's been. Fine. I thought so. Yeah, I don't. I, I I wouldn't say good. I think he's been fine. All right, but the but the trick. Like, is, I don't think uh, he's a plus starter at center. Well, with uh, you two guys together, I think he's a little well, higher than you might, but that's okay. That's fine. We're not that far off. And again, I think he is a good future. I just think center is a really tough position for rookies. It is. I think he needs to get stronger. I think. No, there's, there's no question he does. I know he's very smart. He can handle the position mentally, which is great. I have no problem penciling him as my starter next year. I feel good about that. I think he's going to be a good player. But I, 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 I think there are there are ways to go for him. Yeah, oh, he's sure. he has a lot of ups. Yeah, sure, I, I'm saying uh, grading him on a rookie curve to come in and start right away. Remember, I oh, said as, we I, didn't I, even know if he'd start week one. As a rookie, he's, he's been done fi- a good job. As a rookie, he's been fine. But yeah. what I would I put him in the top half of centers in the league? I wouldn't well, do that. He's got ups <laughs> to get there. No, sure he does, and yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't disagree with that at all. I'm okay. just saying he's not there right now. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fair is enough. His size, is his size the same as the guy in Baltimore that we were talking about a lot in the draft a couple of years ago? The, the Oh, um, uh, uh, Linderbaum. Uh, he's he's actually he's actually a little bit bigger than Linderbaum is. Yeah, but 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 Linderbaum the, was also a better. Right? Yeah, but Linderbaum was a better player than he was in college. Okay, so he, the, he, yeah. he he panned out better than you thought. 
Well, no, I'm saying at the time they were drafted, Linderbaum right. was a better college player than Schultz oh, was. He had higher rankings coming into the draft. Well, and his tape was better. He was just yeah. a better player. But well, he wasn't here's what I really want to Here's what I really want to get at with both of you guys there at the same time. I got from you, John, somewhere a while ago, three to five years for an offensive lineman, and then I got from Paul on another show, three years for everybody. Uh, three to five. I mean, and, uh, I don't know if you're waiting five years for anybody at this point in time, but I think three to four, three years, I think by year three, you would like to see significant progress from an offensive lineman to believe that they're going to be, be able to be a good player. Yeah, the, the general rule about three years has been around this league forever. Thank you, Cliff. Is that when, if you draft a guy and he comes into your system as a rookie, he's got to to take that legitimate step by year three to show you what he is. And I think there are some positions that's where the, it, that's the general rule. Correct. The I general agree. rule. I, I think there are positions where, like receivers, you you know, if you're not doing anything by year two as a receiver, I've you start shaking your head a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I wonder about you. I right? understand. Even even as an edge rusher, I think you're gonna first couple years you're gonna see at least a spark. And flashes where you're like, okay, we got it. If he, if the guy gives you nothing in the first two years, I'm not gonna say I'm out, but I'm I'm not feeling great. Well, I'm not feeling great about it. So it it all depends on the position. But it can. offensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, corners, those are some of the positions where I think sometimes it does take a little time for guys to get used to the NFL. The worst part about it is and linebackers too. Linebackers take a couple of years, and so do tight ends. Yeah, the the game doesn't allow you to have a lot Correct. of that patience. It makes though, it because, hard because uh, the way rosters get ripped up. Yeah, that makes it very difficult. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three. Charlie in Portland, Maine. Merry Christmas, Charlie. How are you? Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Happy holidays, Paul. Are you oh, having oh, are you Charlie? having a great week, Charlie? Oh. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. Hey, uh, let me. Uh, I think the Eagles are better than they were last year. Oh, well, you're let out of your mind. You you're crazy. No, no, no. They have the same record. Is that what you guys are saying? Is they did last year at this time? Uh, I I don't know what their record I don't was know what their record was on this date. But Charlie, this is not the same team. Well, and the rest of the NFL would let disagree me, with you. Well, let me tell you why. Sure, tell us why, Charlie. What? Okay. What was their schedule last year? It was pretty cupcake, wasn't it? Just like ours? It was How about this year. It was similar. How yeah. about this mm-hmm. year? Is it about a hundred times better than it was last year? Yeah, but Charlie, their it, it their record is about their record. Their schedule is about the same difficulty as the Dallas Cowboys, and the Dallas Cowboys have the same record, but are plus one sixty seven in point differential and the Eagles are plus eighteen. Yeah. They only had one yeah. loss at this point last year. There you go. Thank you, Pearson. Oh, they only had okay. say, three fewer losses, too. All right. Good one, Pearson. Thank All you. right. Well, that's that's what I, I wanted to okay. know. Okay. Yes. If, if we get to the end. <laughs> no, 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 no. But I'm just saying, the schedule, who have they lost to? They've lost to Dallas. Mm-hmm. And they beat Dallas. They lost to San Francisco. Yep. Yeah, you know, what? We're talking Super Bowl, right? Oh, yep. Fair. And they lost to Seattle in Seattle, which is a hard place to play. Sure. And they lost by three points. Okay, I don't know what was the other team. The they Jets. Lost to? I don't the know. Jets. The Jets. Jets. Oh, that was pathetic. Okay, one game. You know. No, Charlie. Pathetic. Look, so, you're right, Charlie. No one's saying the Eagles are a bad team by any means. To your point, they, uh, they, they their last three losses were probably all the teams that, in my opinion, are going to be in the playoffs. So, no, they aren't a bad team by any means. We just don't think they're as dominant as they were last season. Well, we're going to see how dominant they are against us. Right? Yeah, absolutely, it for was, sure. They. They were pretty dominant against us last year. Yeah, for and sure. If they're not, and if they're not dominant against us this year, then I'll say to you, yes, they're not as 
they're not as good as they were Charlie, last year. Charlie, they're one but, of the three best teams in the conference. That's that's still not up for debate because the conference is not that good. Can I say one of four? All right, you want to go one of four? Oh, the Lions, okay. the Lions are also ten and four. Yeah. I feel like they should be in the conversation. All right, all right. right, then say one of four if you like. But the point is, the conference is not very good, so it's all relative. You know, are they going to be in the playoffs? Yes. Could they go a couple of rounds far? Yes, they could. But that doesn't mean they're anything like they were last year when both them and San Francisco both believed 100% they were going to the Super Bowl. Yeah, and as, as it turned out too, Charlie, the because of what happened to the Patriots and the Jets this year, it made the NFC East schedule not quite as tough yeah. as we thought before the season started because those two games, which we thought were going to be, you know, the Patriots are always at least competitive in a, sure. in a solid football team. They've turned out to be terrible this year. And the Jets losing Aaron Rodgers, that obviously changed the equation for them. So mm-hmm. the NFC East schedules didn't turn out to be quite as tough as we thought before the year. Still not easy because you got Dallas, you got Philadelphia. You had to play the um, uh, – the, the this year was the NFC well, West, which has been very good. The Rams, the Seahawks, and the Niners have been excellent. So I think probably the best team in the NFC, actually. The, the best division in the NFC is probably the NFC West this year, to be totally honest with yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, was, the Giants right. are down, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people thought Washington would be more competitive. Yeah, they're not. <clears throat> and and – um, the thing is, I know, Paul, you talked about, look, Dex is hurt, you know? Yeah. He only played 48% of the snaps, yep. 43. Right. Yep. Why are they playing this guy when he's got a bad hammy? He's not the same guy. He had two tackles last week. He was he was and, very good two weeks ago, Charlie. That's the difference. Yeah. He, he was pretty darn well, good two he, weeks ago. He played very well against the Packers. But he's getting worse, and I just don't think they shouldn't play this guy. And the thing is, Paul, what you're saying is you were saying, like, wow, our, you know, Dex is going up against uh, if that guy Dickinson is in there. We, you know, no, he's injured. He's not the same guy, Paul. But we'll see. And it, we'll see, Charlie. You might be right. We'll have to see how it looks on game day. You might be right. They, right. they may bench him. They may limit his snap count. Or maybe, yeah, well, maybe he heals week. in the next couple days and he goes full. Who knows? Now, my guess is that. <laughs> now, last week, was he limited in practice on Wednesday? Yes. I believe he was, yes, right? Yes, he was. Maybe in order to have him fresher on game day this week, they're going to take some of the practice load off They could of do that, too. And not let him practice all week. And, and then they'll have Or, or they could give him some of Charlie's magical Annika cream. Oh, yeah. Come on. How did you not bring that up yet, Charlie? <laughs> I, That's a great point. Hey, I, I would give him some. They should have. But, Paul, I got a question for you. Yeah. I remember you saying all last week, we're going to be playing ahead of, you know, we're going to be playing ahead of, um, you the know, Saints. Saints. I thought they would you be playing from that. ahead. You kept saying that. I, I felt I, very I, strongly I, about it. Yeah, well, how? Well, Charlie, it's funny. I asked Paul that same very question yesterday off the air when he came in. We had the conversation about it. And I was also a little befuddled because the Giants haven't scored enough points this year to really play from far ahead. So I said, Paul, how did you think that was going to work? And he actually gave me an answer. Not actually, but he gave me an answer that made sense. And and, and I thought he thought they were going to continue to get takeaways. He thought they were going to get a couple defensive scores and score that way. So At the very least, shorten the field a couple times. I really did. Yeah. I, the way the way yeah. the team has been playing defensively, I felt very strongly about their ability to clamp down against the Saints' mm-hmm. offense that had been struggling. Yeah, I thought sure. that was yeah. very mm-hmm. realistic. Yep. They were up yeah. 3-0, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, Pearson. Okay, but thank take, you so much take, for that support. <laughs> Takeaways, though, were like uh, crap. You, you Understood. Games, Understood. You know? 
But but you had three weeks of a body of evidence where the Giants' D had played extremely well and the Saints' offense was not. Charlie, we got to run, pal. Merry Christmas, my friend. Good talking to you, my friend. Enjoy. Yep. Take it easy. All right, let's go to our final caller of the show and say hello to Guy in Pennsylvania. Guy, this must be a tough week for you as a Giants fan, I would imagine. Oh, yeah, boy. yeah, it's, it's been a tough week, uh, but uh, I, my grandson's on a great ba- basketball team this year, so I'm kind of enjoying That's that. That's nice. Anyhow, Merry comment. Christmas. The Sixers, Guy? Uh, no? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Can you hear me? Yes, right? Yeah, 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 Guy, we got you, we got you. Yeah. Okay, so we're driving home from the game, and we're listening to the Eagle game, and we listen through halftime and say, well, it looks like the Eagles are going to get right here. And then the next day I see they lost that game, so I pulled it up on a quick review of the game, and that last drive, the job Metcalf did, was kind of amazing. I don't know if it was more Metcalf than anything that the uh, Eagles didn't do. I don't know if you had a chance to see that last uh, that last one and a half. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I did not like playing single high safety there without having a safety over the top on him. To me, uh, in that situation, you have to be in cover two or, or some type of cloud coverage where mm-hmm. you have safeties over the top. The Seahawks only had one timeout. What was it, like a minute 15, minute mm-hmm. 20 seconds, something mm-hmm. like that, to go the length of the field and not just, you know, and, and, and get a touchdown, not just a field goal. They were down four points, remember? So they need a touchdown. Yep. You cannot allow. Two chunk plays of 30-plus yards. I think both the A.J. Brown and, and, and Smith and Jigba plays, not, uh, the uh, D.K. Metcalf and yeah, Smith and Jigba plays, I know plus you 30 yards. Can't happen. You, you can't allow that guy in, 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 in that situation. Well, that, that's right. But it, it seemed like he made a couple catches where he was actually blanketed, and he still made the catch. Uh, the one that he pinned against his leg was ridiculous. Yeah, the, the, yeah. the, the, the long catch yeah. by Metcalf was a very tough one. Uh, the one to yeah. Smith and Jigba was way too easy. There was not a safety over the top on right. that. Right. I, I don't know if there's anyone I'd rather not defend than him in that situation. <laughs> exactly, right? 100%. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, thank you, fellas. Thank Have you, Have a great day. And, you know, and, and it's funny with uh, Matt Patricia taking over his defensive coordinator. We don't really talk about that much. You know, and I'll talk about this with, with CS tomorrow. I'll double-check my numbers. But, you know, I figured given his background, they lean more into blitzing and lean more into man-to-man defense. Nope. They actually played zone more and blitz less. <laughs> Which I was shocked given what, what Patricia's history is being from New England. So I'm curious to see with another week there if they, especially after seeing how the Saints did against the Giants, playing a lot of man and bringing a lot of pressure, if the Eagles decide to take a, a page out of their book. We'll have to wait and see. Well, whatever Patricia may have wanted to do, again, I don't know when he knew he was going to wind up getting this spot. Because right. they, they promoted mm-hmm. him. Uh, when Slay went down, that's a good that point changed too. everything. No, that's a good point, too. So. No, you're right. 100%. All right, so we will keep an eye on Darius Slay this week to see whether or not he's he's going to play. Stay tuned to that. The Big Blue Kickoff Live all week again is presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the Giants. Tomorrow, it'll be Casillas and I, Friday, Detino and Meadow, as we continue to get you ready for Giants and Eagles. And no surprises, we no show on Christmas Day. Uh, Pearson came in yesterday. He said, guys, we need to do this. The fans want it. I want to get in here. I want to do the show, but I had to calm him down and say, Pearson, it's more important to spend time with your family. So so we're not going to do a show on Christmas Day. I I want to give him highlights of the last two Bruins-Rangers hockey games, but he doesn't want those either. Yeah, Pearson can take us off the air, so I would lean well on that. <laughs> Especially given how the Celtics have handled the Knicks this year. I would probably lean well I on know. We're Paul DeTito. I'm John Schmoke. Thanks for listening to Big Blue Kickoff Live. We'll see you tomorrow. Getting ready to take on spring? 
Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.